Welcome to the unveiling, guys. This is uh, Thomas, a.k.a. TJ, and I'm joined with Kelly Belcher. Um, Hello, guys. It's been a while. We are, unfortunately, missing uh, a valuable member today, but uh, you guys make sure to mention that you missed him in the comments, so please do so. Let him know that he is loved. Um, let's see. where what, what episode is this, Gage? So this is 16. 16? Man. It's been about three weeks. Since yes, guys. We have been absent for about three, three so weeks. We got a lot of prophecies and things that have happened uh, recently in the news to yeah, I need bring to pull up. up. I need to pull up some of them. And we need to, um, guys, you can help us uh, by getting the word out, telling people about it. Um, we need to get it back up and going again because of uh, deaths um, in the family and things like that. We have had to take off the last three weeks, and we apologize uh, for that. But we're going to discuss a few things that um, have went on in the news. And some of these things I have, uh, Gage, that I've given you, I think I've given you, but I may have not have. I may have just put them in a folder. But um, I'm going to go over them and just talk to you about some of the headlines that I have pulled up just this week um, and found some things that are going on. Uh, one, we talked about uh, the seven seals, and we've talked about... Um, what uh what it means of the seven seals and i'm let's just go over a little bit of that and um and touch base for those that are that maybe just be um you you found this one and you and you just started watching it and you haven't watched the uh, the rest or since it's been a few weeks to kind of go back i have been studying and looking um studying into the greek and looking into it in matthew 24 we've talked about um quite a few times that, that is a, a timeline that uh, Jesus gave when they asked him, tell us when the, the end of the age is going to be and what begins the end of the age. And Jesus uh, starts off and says, you know, there are going to be world wars, famine. The Jews are going to be persecuted all over the world uh, and hated and killed. And um, and we know that that was fulfilled with World War One, World War Two, um, the Great Depression and the Holocaust. Uh, also, uh, it, it, we know Matthew 24 that it says when you see the fig tree begin to bloom, you know, that summer is nigh, um, and this generation will not pass from the scene that sees this happen. And we know that in Isaiah 66, it says that Israel will bloom again, and uh, it will become a nation again in one day. And it says then flowers will begin to bloom again in the desert. And we know that in May 1948, that Israel became a nation again. And so uh, World War II ended around 1945. Uh, Israel became a nation in 1948. Uh, then in the book of Daniel, he talks about um, that some of the, the, the word of God and some of these scrolls are going to be locked away and hid away until the time of the end. And in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. Um, uh, and so... We see a pattern here that between World War One, World War Two, the Great Depression, the Holocaust, the Dead Sea Scrolls being found, and Israel becoming a nation again in one day, that all these things happened in a and lined up perfectly. And all of those things, God said, this is the beginning of the last generation. Uh, we also have discussed and talked about how a generation, one of the last generations of time periods that God talked about in the Word of God would be a 70 to 80 year time period. And so that Israel becoming a nation was 73 years ago. Um, 
as you're reading that in Matthew 24, after Jesus tells them that, the next thing that he begins to talk about is he says, then false prophets will begin to rise up and sin will be rampant everywhere. Uh, when you look up at the word um, rampant everywhere, it sin will be rampant everywhere and false prophets will rise up. We know that in the 60s, that the Laodicean, one of the churches that are mentioned in the church ages of Revelation, each church was a actual church uh, that that was in the Bible during the Bible times. But they're also the Bible says that they uh, the mystery of the seven churches and that those that have an ear hear what he's trying to say. And what he's trying to say is the church ages are actually a timeline. That God gives us and the first church age started when the church was birthed um, in Acts uh, when the Gentile church was birthed and then it goes through the whole church ages and each name represents and the meaning of the name represents a time in history and what actually happened to the church during those times and so when you get to the last church age Laodicea that word means the people's opinion rule and we know that in the 60s 1967 to be exact um, that the seeker-friendly church was birthed and that we know that the that the way the seeker-friendly church was birthed, we discussed it on um, prior podcast, that is that they w- sent out polls asking people their opinion on what the church should be like. Uh, and this birthed the megachurch era. And the Bible says in, uh, in Revelation of the Laodicean church, you are rich and you are increased with goods, but you're poor, naked, wretched, blind, and miserable. And so um, we see that uh, that when Jesus said there's going to be false prophets and then sin will become rampant everywhere. In the 60s, the church changed and became more seeker-friendly than God-friendly. Um, they were seeking what man wanted the church to be like instead of what God put the church to be like. And so uh, the Laodicean church is considered the most uh, heretic church of all the churches of uh, throughout history of the Gentile church. Uh, a lot of people will talk about, and you'll hear prophets and people get up and say that there's a great revival that's coming, but um, that the, the great revival has already occurred. And we've talked about that in uh, past episodes that um, the church of Philadelphia, the church age before ours, uh, was birthed during the time of the Great Awakening and the Welch revivals in 1906 and the beginning of the 1900s. And there was a great revival that uh, birthed the Holy Spirit being born back into the church and uh, churches it planted everywhere and and the, just satellites before as it went through satellite systems. I mean, it just uh, the the whole world was evangelized during the Church of the Philadelphia. And he tells the Philadelphia Church in Revelation, he says, "I'm going to save you from this time of testing that's coming upon the whole world because you have been faithful." But the Laodicean church, he says, I'm going to test you by fire. And you're going to go through a testing. Uh, yeah, okay, about the, re- the return of Jesus with the rebuilt temple. Uh, that's actually a great question that you asked because we're going to discuss that a little bit. Um, yes, Jesus will return. Uh, when he returns to the second coming, um, there will be a temple. But we're going to discuss what that means um, about the temple. And one of the things I'll go ahead and, and I'll share with you is in the book of Daniel, when it talks about 
uh, there, when he's uh, prophesying that there will be the abomination of desolation that will happen in the temple, and that a female swine will, you know, offered unto the altar. What a lot of people don't realize is that that actually that prophecy came to pass uh, during the time of Anicus Epiphanes the fourth. He actually went into the Jewish temple and he sacrificed a female swine on the altar uh, to the god Zeus, fulfilling that prophecy in Daniel. But in Matthew 24, Jesus says, okay, there's going to be false prophets rise up and, and, and people, sin's going to be rampant everywhere. That, that, was, that happened in the 60s and 70s. The next thing he said was, then the gospel is going to be preached throughout the whole world. 75 to through the 80s and 90s, we see internet and satellite TV booming to where the gospel was preached through internet and through satellite around the world. Uh, then he goes on to saying, something that a lot of people don't pay close attention to he says then watch for something like that of what daniel the prophet spoke about there's going to be uh the antichrist is going to come up and he is going to um do something just like anicus epiphanes did it's going to be you know because he says there were many antichrists that are going to come and there's many antichrists that have been before the final antichrist and so we know that nero which was the one around when um, John the Revelator wrote Revelation, was during the Roman Emperor Nero. And we know that Anicus Epiphanes was a form of an Antichrist. Everyone knows that Hitler was a form of an Antichrist. Uh, There has been uh, Antichrists that have come uh, into the world. And so the ones that have been before, because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, uh, we look at those and we see what they did. We see how they tricked people, how they acted, and we can get a lot of information on because it's the same demon, it's the same demonic spirit of the Antichrist, it's the same enemy that throughout time has repeated his patterns over and over and over again. Um, that's why the Bible says that you know people perish for lack of knowledge. Uh, when we don't know history, history easily repeats itself. Nobody knows history anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. And so, you know, with the temple, we're going to um, we're going to talk about, you know, what that means, because does the Antichrist have to make an actual uh, sacrifice, a female swan on the altar again when that already happened uh, with Anicus Epiphanes the fourth? Uh, no, he don't have to do exactly that. But what it was is, you know, swine to the to the Jewish people is is you know disgusting they can't have anything to do with it so it was an abomination to do that he 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 did something that desolated and desecrated the temple of god and so um i believe that uh, jesus is saying look you need to watch out for something like that that's going to occur to where something is just desecrating the temple of god and so I've heard a few different people that's made comments about what that exactly means. And so I'll share it with uh, the things that I've heard um, about what some people are saying about the temple. But uh, to finish to finish uh, the other thought process of what's going on in Matthew 24, then then he tells us, you know, look out for the Antichrist. After, after he says in the gospel we preach throughout the world, then he says, hey, watch out. For the for, and look for the same spirit that was on Anicus Epiphanes the fourth when he desecrated the temple. Watch out for that. For the Antichrist is going to rise up. Then he begins to talk a little bit about that some things that people are going to go through, 
And then he says, before that great and terrible day of the Lord, great for those that are ready to go. Terrible for the earth because he's going to be pouring out his wrath. Uh, You know, he said, then before the great and terrible day of the Lord, when the sun is darkened and the stars begin to fall, he said, then he said, I'm going to gather my chosen ones from all over the earth and, and call them up. Uh, and he says, you know, then those, there'll be two in the field. One will be taken. The other will be left. Uh, all the verses that we get from um, the rapture, the raptoro, um, the, the catching away of the saints. And so then if you go to Thessalonians, you'll see that the that God is speaking to the church through the prophet in Thessalonians. And he says he warns them of the Antichrist coming. And he says that the Antichrist is going to come, but don't be fooled by the Antichrist. There'll be a lot of people that are given over to a great deception and a delusion because they would rather enjoy this, the, the things of this earth. But he says, but you're not going to be like that. Don't do like that. And so then he begins to say, before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, the lawlessness will reveal itself, the lawless one. And then he says, and then before the great and terrible day of the Lord, that the sun is going to grow dark, the stars are going to begin to fall. And that um, he talks about, you know, then those who are alive and rain will be called up to meet him in the air. Then when we go to Joel chapter 2, it also says, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, the sun will be darkened and the stars will begin to fall. And then we find the in Revelation that when does the sun get darkened and when does the stars begin to fall? And the Bible says it's the great and terrible day of the Lord. Because we have seen in Matthew, we've seen in Thessalonians, we've seen in different books, prophetic books, that it says that he will gather his chosen ones right before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And so when we get to Revelation, we see that after the fifth seal, before the sixth seal, that it says the sixth seal starts with the great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath and where the sun is darkened and the stars will begin to fall. So if we follow that pattern of throughout scripture where he says that he will gather his chosen ones right before the great and terrible day of the Lord, then we look at Revelation and we'll see that the great and terrible day of the Lord happens at the sixth seal. And so um, as I was beginning to study and look into these things and study them out, it all began to make a lot more sense um, of that's when the Lord's wrath begins to pour out on the earth. And uh, and we'll talk about that. But um, let's talk about some of the things that are happening. I, I was I was talking to a friend not too long ago. And she was talking about some of these Jewish um, and Messianic Jewish people that were teaching, which I've listened to, I've, I've watched. But she was talking about how they were talking about all these um, Shemitah years and all these things like that. And I said, look, um, as me and my husband were talking, he said, you know, it was the Jewish people who missed the Lord's first coming because they had studied the Torah their whole life. They had researched and researched what it was going to be like when Jesus returned or when he came for the first time. And they had studied it so much and they had made up their mind how it was going to be that when he came, they missed all the obvious signs. Uh, They were thinking that he was going to come as this great military genius and leader. And they missed the signs because they had been taught it a certain way their whole life. And so we have to be careful 
that we're not missing the obvious signs that are right in front of us because we've been taught to believe that things were going to happen a certain way. I personally grew up teaching, learning the Bible, uh, you know, with a pre-trib thought process that you're not going to say nothing before the church goes. The church is going to go first. But then I began to pray and begin to say, God, you know, there's some signs that I'm seeing that don't, that's not lining up exactly with, with us being, we should be gone by now. Like the Euphrates River? Like the Euphrates River drying up, which is supposed to happen at the end of Revelation. Um, Things like that. And so I began to pray and say, God, you know, I don't want to be like the Jewish people that I've grown up in and studied it and been taught something my whole life and not pay attention to the obvious signs that are right in front of me because I'm thinking, oh, well, I know this is a huge sign, but it don't fit with what I've been told my whole life that was going to happen because the truth of the matter is Revelation, it was John seeing things in the future that he could not really grasp and he was explaining it the best way that he could under explain what he was seeing and these visions were just coming to him and then here we were as christians trying for years before we saw anything happening we were trying to figure out what all these things meant but the closer we get to the end and the more things that begin to open up it begins to make more things become real to us and so we can see things happening in real time so that brings us to some things that have been happening um, over just the last, uh, wow, just the last couple of years, um, but mainly like the last year, a, a ton of stuff has been happening that, that you know, I'll, we'll discuss. For one, I don't know if you have it, Gage, but they are building a temple uh, right now. Do you have that one? We're going to post that up there for you, Terry. Um, but they're building a temple right now that will be finished in uh, tw- uh, 2022. And it says right here, a One World Religion headquarters is set to be opened in 2022. The headquarters will be called the Abrahamic Family House and is being built on an island in the Middle Eastern city. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Told you it was an island. Yeah, it must well, be we one of the one of the islands, kind of off the off the main coast, I guess. We were just well, we were discussing whether it was an island or a peninsula, but when we looked close enough on the map, we realized that it was not touching. But this place is um, one of the richest places in the world. Ten uh, percent of the all the world's oil we were looking at is there. Uh, an interesting fact is they have built the highest building in the world there. And it is shaped like a ziggurat. And if you know what that is, it is the shape of what they say that uh, the Tower of Babel was built in. I like. Um, And so that's a little odd. But um, it says here that it's called the Abrahamic Family House. And uh, the headquarters is being done in collaboration with the Pope and the Sunni Muslim leader, Sheikh Ayman Al-Tab. I think that's how you say his name. After they both signed a global peace covenant called the Document of Human Fraternity for World Peace. The stated purpose of the Abrahamic Family House is to bring understanding and tolerance among the faiths. But there were a couple of notable challenges. First, uh, okay, so all that's them just talking, but um, pretty much they have begun to build this triunal faith house and we know that the pope has now said that you know there's a one world religion there's a few other articles that um that you can find where 
you know, they announced one world religion and he's met with um, the leaders of uh, other religions around the world to where they've all um, signed this, that peace treaty saying that they were going to stop war on account of religion and all that. And that, and that they were going to all work for sustainable goals um, to, because of climate change and because of this and because of that Um, he's all involved in all that um, sustainable development goals that the UN and the European Union and all those are putting together that they're going to say, you know, by 2030, the whole world is going to be globally ID'd. The whole world is going to be globally vaccinated. um, That they're going to try to put a stop to world hunger by genetically modifying all this food. That they're going to stop global warming and climate change and all these things. And so... I knew that they were um, building this uh, this temple, but it wasn't until this week how I missed it when I'm constantly looking up every uh, country's news that there is. How I missed it, I don't know. But I did not know that the Pope had signed a peace treaty back in 2019 um, for world and global peace. The, I don't know if you have any of those, Gage, but I also shared with Gage where there's multiple articles that talks about the seven-year plan of the Pope. Uh, Pope Francis launches his seven-year action plan, and all this has to do with the world peace and and the economics and the climate change. And Pope Francis launches the seven-year action plan to foster green uh, spirituality, economics, and education. He's also meeting this month, I think on the 23rd, and having a huge, I don't know if you have that or not, but they're having a huge global world leaders meeting where they're discussing um, a human um, nanotechnology and um, what's it called? Where that, that guy was, um, the, the author of the book, he wrote about um, pretty much transhumanism, which it would be... Um, integrating humans with our dna you yeah, know they're saying the next evolution of man is going to be to merge with computer more right. or less right it's transhumanism and so the pope is real big into pushing transhumanism right now and um and and so here's here's the facts that we see the pope ha- is working on a seven-year deal including a, his peace treaty for world peace um, we know that another peace treaty was signed um, in 2020 uh, um, through uh, Israel. And so you've got two peace treaties signed. One where, the, where you've got the Pope saying, um, hey, I'm working on a seven-year plan for this to where we're going to all work together to, uh, to do this and that. And we see where they're, they are building a temple in the middle of this um, – uh, one of the richest cities and ports and harbors in the world, they're building this tri-temple um, together that is going to be built soon. And so, um, it, and it just happens to be built in one of the places that is one of the, the major players in both peace treaties. Both peace treaties, that they are one of the major players in both of the peace treaties. And so, if we don't ignore those facts, we're looking at something, you know, uh, if we just look at what we talked about, you know, 30 years ago, when when people were talking about end time prophecy, if somebody would have ever mentioned a peace treaty in seven years, then it, it like it, they would be like, what would you do if you saw, you know, the Pope or world leaders, you know, signing a peace treaty for seven years? We'd all have been like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Here's that one. 
Yeah, there it is. The Elite Globals Leaders Conference, Saturday, October 23rd. That is tomorrow, by the way. Yes, they are the main speakers, are the authors of books called The Transhuman Code, um, Programming Our Future for the Good. Uh, it's talking about humanity 2.0, artificial humanity. Um, I mean, if that doesn't scare you, Global Leader Conference referring to the code uh, DNA rewriting humans humanity 2.0 that 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 I want to tune into that if that if that broadcast and being exactly pushed what's going on. by the the Pope this Pope is heavily involved in the European Union he is heavily involved in um and AI he's heavily involved into pushing um you know uh these global um, passports, things like this, and um, and let's just be real, uh, he is he has signed a, a peace treaty that he's working on his with his you know and and part of it is his seven year plan, and so um, wasn't it? You said it was done at the same time as that other tree, peace treaty mm-hmm. that was no, his was done in two thousand nineteen with the same people mm. that the other one was. And it was it's more of the religious side of it. Yeah. It's the, the it's like all the world religious people, um, they they signed this peace treaty saying that, you know, because most wars are done because of religion. Yeah. And he's called them all to to cease. Well when when was uh Trump's peace treaty? Twenty twenty. Oh okay. Twenty twenty. Yeah. So how did we not how did how did that go? I don't know how we missed the I don't know how we missed the Pope one. Because it's the Pope. I mean it I mean the the quote unquote most spiritual quote unquote guy in all of the religious world right now. How did we miss that without like a spirit of deception? Well, here's the problem. Most of this stuff we would not even know if if I didn't just stay on a on a constant search because they're not letting you know these things they're they're keeping these things hush hush and like it's no big it's no big deal you know um it's because why because most people in this generation don't even know the word of god enough to know prophecy they don't even know what to look for but for those that do know what to look for they're going to make sure that they don't allow it to be too obvious because he's a master de- deceiver and, de- and he plays with deception. And so, um, you know, that's going to be an obvious. And so, you know, I've had people t- talk about the temple. And I've had some people say, okay, um, maybe it's this temple because this is where the peace treaty was signed. This is where the both of the peace treaties were signed, you know, with these people. Uh, and, they, and they are building a temple that is, you know, multi-temple of the interfaith. Um, and so some people are saying maybe this is the temple that's being rebuilt. There's also a temple that is built under the main, te- the, the temple mount, um, going underneath the temple mount under the western wall. And the Wayland Wall right there, there's a temple that is built that they that you can find YouTube videos and, the, and it takes you through a tour to them. Some people have said, you know, that's, that's a, the temple that they can use. And then I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, the, in the New Testament after the Gentile church, that his temple is now within us. And um, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, and that the Holy Spirit now lives within us. Mm-hmm. And so um, they've said, well, you know, before, during the time of Daniel, he stopped sacrifices, you know, and desecrated the temple of God. And so um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, well, maybe 
uh, is talking about a desecration with the with the temple of our bodies. Um, and so, you know, everybody anybody can take a thought on what they think on that. I can tell you this: um, the temple does not have to be uh, rebuilt. Um, as far as that temple on that very temple mount, the Bible does not say, and the temple was rebuilt on the exact temple mount, blah, 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 blah. But when Jesus comes, he will, at that point when he sets up his kingdom, which will be, you know, after his great wrath in that time, he will reset his temple back up where the throne of David was set. Um, and he'll reclaim. But as far as, you know, for the Antichrist to come, um, you know, it, nowhere in the Bible does it say for the Antichrist to show himself immediately that it has to be that temple only, Temple Mount. Exactly. It, it reminds me of that saying, uh, people say, don't miss the forest for the trees. Because so many people get caught up on just certain Silly words. Stuff. It has to be a certain way when there's there's a plethora of signs pointing to exactly what, you know, re- look at the signs that we do have, and not don't get hung up on the things that we you may not because you may not understand it exactly, and that's what people don't realize is, you know, we may we may not understand it exactly because there is since I've been really researching this this stuff for sometimes eight, ten, twelve hours a day, and going back to the original Greek words, and 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 really like researching and out there's a lot of things that we have missed um, translated through time of, of exactly what it means and so we, we don't understand it to the to the uh the depth that we need to and um and i guess that'll we can uh start there for a second um where we've talked about a little bit about the horses the four horsemen of the apocalypse that come down one we always talked about a white horse with you know wearing a crown with a bow but until you go into the the greek uh, you don't realize that that word bow actually means a toxin, um, a famine type toxin. That um, and he's wearing a Stephanus or a Corona on his head, and so you could very easily say, "Look, uh, the first horseman is wearing a crown, a Corona, and carrying a toxin." And if you and you may say, "Well, you can't use Greek and Roman and all these mythologies," but the Bible speaks a lot on mythology because a lot of what they call mythology is not actually mythology it was the evil fallen angels and the evil creatures that were seen back then in the in the nephilims um and stuff the demigods that they called were actually the nephilims that were um caused in genesis 6 and so these things were actually happened because the same people that call this mythology which, you know, it's all, you know, some of the mythology is obviously elaborated. But they, they, what they call mythology, these same people call our Bible mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they think that our Bible is made up. But everybody from every religion around the world does not tell the exact same stories when they didn't even know each other. And they've all made up the exact same story. Right. Um, and so, anyway, in mythology, it talks about Apollo, which was a, um, the sun god. And the Apollo, uh, he rides down on a four-horse um, chariot, and he carries the bow that is a toxin. And Apollo is also the god of medicine, uh, pharmacia, healing. And so he would um, it, he would give people 
famines and diseases and then he would and then he would bring the cure uh to the famine and the disease um and so you know it's a little strange that uh that that almost it it it, it sounds a lot like it uh then the second horse that comes out it begins to talk about is uh we've always read it and said that when the second horse comes out and this is in um revelations i'm trying to find it's chapter six, six verse i got it right here yep. if you want it says uh i'll do you a good job where are we at right here three i heard the second living being say come um where did the first um the second living being say come and, I, and then another horse appeared a red one that word in greek is means fiery red or and his rider was giving a mighty sword to take authority and peace from the earth and there was war and slaughter everywhere now when you go to the original greek and begin to tear these words up it, it don't mean exactly what you're thinking that it means i'm sure that it can mean that there can be war but it says that this this horse comes out and and one of the words that it uses is a word that almost means like a sifting or a divide where god divides people and um and so it says that they'll that there will be the word used is not necessarily um uh th that word there that uh for sword that is used in greek is not necessarily the same word it is not the same word as sword that is used later where it talks about the horse that comes out um of death it is a it that that word means people arguing fighting in a big separation strife chaos when it says it's come to take peace from the earth it, it's come to take peace when and it says that there'll be a great divide between people uh people on one side and people on the other and we have seen that even during corona we saw that with the um riots the, the neighbors ratting out neighbors that had more than five people in their household at one time. Yeah, well, you know, they, they were also busting down store windows, mm -hmm. busting out cars, um, rioting over, um, you know, the the whole Black Lives Matter yeah. thing. The whole uh, there was a big civil unrest uh, where it was everybody was torn, and we've got a big divide in a tear now. The the country is very divided um, over everything, uh, over you know uh, the i'm trying to think the inoculated versus the uninoculated the um you know blacks versus whites republican, republican versus, versus democrat. democrat there is a great divide and a and and a lot of and during the uh the contagion there was more fighting even amongst the church and amongst church people and a great divide in the church yeah, yeah. many churches shut down and then that they would argue and bicker and say that that church that you should have shut down yeah or, or you shouldn't or have you shouldn't have mm -hmm. think about your people think about your people's souls you know it's back and forth and so the church had a great huge divide that the bible says that he will do in the last days because the bible says in the last days only a remnant and if you study old testament throughout the bible a remnant's 10 percent. only a remnant will stand at the end and so the bible says that there will be a um a great divide and so uh we see that a great divide has taken place then it says when the lamb broke the third seal i heard the third living being say come and i looked it up and i saw a black horse and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand and i heard a voice from among the four living beings say a loaf of wheat bread 
or three loaves of barley will cost you a day's pay. Do not waste the olive oil and the wine. When you look this up, you would think immediately that the scales would represent scales like you would measure food with. Like, you know, food measuring scales, but that's not the word used in Greek for these scales. It is a judge um, scales, like a judicial system law scale that it's talking about. I saw um, the law scale uh, that was there, and it says, and there's, again, in that word, it is talking about a sifting and a separation that takes place. And it says, and I, I heard a voice saying, a loaf of wheat bread and three loaves of barley Will cost you a day's pay when you look up the wheat bread and the loaves of barley and and sadly i do not have all my greek notes on that tonight because i actually looked that up about two or three weeks ago um but it is not exactly what you're talking about with just bread it's um it, it is talking about people losing uh their jobs it's talking about um that you're going into a famine but one of the main things it's talking about is that there will be a great divide and that some people will begin to legally not begin um to lose money and because of legal things because they're not allowed to get things that they're supposed to get um and then it talks about um it talks about uh, the fa- a famine and all that. When it talks about that, this famine, one of the words that it uses is port or harbor. And I know that's crazy, but in Greek, in the New Testament, uh, most of the times when the word is famine, it's actually trans. It, it originally comes from the translation of the word that means a port or harbor. And when I first started studying that and thought that, I thought to myself, how weird. Why does why does famine mean port or harbor? And so back when I originally um, found that out reading in Matthew, I had spoke to my mom and a couple other people, and I said, well, if it means port or harbor, I said, all I can think of is that's where a lot of shipment, things like that come from, where you get things shipped from all over the world and goods and things like that. And I said, I guess we'll see if the next thing that happens um, has something to do with us not being able to get stuff because of ports or harbors. Well, now we see, I don't know if you have any of those articles, um, but um, now we see that it's all over the news that there is shortages everywhere like crazy. Why? Because of the ports and the harbors. Because there, for some reason, there's ships everywhere, but they will not let them dock and unload at the ports and the harbors, which is literally what the bible says will happen during the time of famine is it will be it will be something that has to do with the ports and the harbors uh is it's causing the famine to take place and i have many uh, on my personal page of articles like the um, ceo of walmart says that about all the years of walmart's existence they've never seen uh anything this bad um schools all over the country um, are running out of food and having problems uh, getting food into the schools and having to try to find stuff to feed the kids because um, they're having a hard time getting things in. And um, and that's just in a, and there's a lot of shelves bare everywhere. But America's seeing, obviously, because we're going to be the last uh, to get hit on a lot of things, we're seeing the least of this. People don't realize because we live here and everybody's so Americanized that people all over the world right now are starving to death and living in extreme poverty, uh, worse than 
um, in a very, very long time because of these ports and harbor issues, uh, because of um, the, the, in our, the, I'm trying to think of my word again. The crisis, the crown. Yeah, the crown. Uh, because of the crown, there is a there. Um, there is, you know, in America, it might be just man. Right as of right now, it may be just like man. I can't find this, or it's harder to get this, or things are going up. And Lord knows the gas prices are going up. Yeah, but I was, was going to say, I printed off an article that I seen today that said uh, unleaded gas in one California town hit seven fifty nine a God. gallon. That's ridiculous. I've, I've never heard of anything going above, I think, four in my entire well, life. Well, th- this place put the caveat in that it's always higher there because it's off It's off the it's yeah. far away. But they said it's, I don't think it's ever been this high, seven fifty nine. And then, I mean, you can go Google it right now. They're paying $5 a gallon just normally yeah. in California. I've seen, I've seen the mean, videos. I paid 360 something for diesel fuel. It's time for us yesterday. to all get scooters. Yeah, hey, I, you know what? I tried to do that, uh, and everybody berated me saying, scooters aren't safe to drive. Hey, let me tell you something. I'll drive a scooter. I like scooters. All right, then. Of course, it'll be cold in the winter. That's fine. I'd better be cold. We'll better get a scooter with that. And get some. somewhere than frozen and being nowhere. Or we could get electric bicycles. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about putting a motor on a bicycle. That way we can still operate the legs. Even if we don't have gas, or if I wasn't scared of horses because of a horse accident, yeah, we could, well, get, horses we could are, go back. Old horses school, are too Western big and they intimidate me, so I wouldn't want yeah, to do that. Yeah, well, they have a mind to their own. That's the problem. But anyway, that it talks about, it talks about the famine, uh, and it talks about you know these things happening. But the where it talks about the wheat bread, and the loaves of barley, um, those words actually in Greek also have a lot to do with what I was talking about with the sifting. Um, but then the, the pay attention to there's one thing that is uh, on that scripture that is very important. It says, and don't waste the olive oil and the wine. Uh, the reason that's very important has also to do with the church being here because the olive oil and the wine represent the anointed spirit-filled Christians. When you look up those words in Greek, it literally will tell you that it means those who are anointed, those who have the Spirit of God within them, because that word wine there is not an alcoholic wine. It's, it's the word for new wine, which the Bible says um, that God gives us when we're filled with the Spirit. Um, the uh, olive oil always represents um, the anointing uh upon them uh so he's saying hey don't touch and that word don't waste actually in greek is a word that means a legal term that is set in stone it is not just a legal like um our our legal laws it is a divine law from god uh where he and it literally says it is like he's pointing his finger and he's saying don't touch that word is actually like do not touch my anointed um like this is going on, but you better not mess with my anointed ones. Um, and it is not him just saying, okay, you better not do that. It is a divine law that if you touch God's anointed ones, troubles coming to you. God's wrath is going to pour out if you touch the anointed ones. So then that brings us down to the lamb with the, that broke the fourth seal. And I heard a four living being uh, say, come. And I looked up and I saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider's name was Death and his companion was the grave or hell. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill. 
with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. Um, and so let's talk about this one for a second. That and that one, it talks about the writer uh, carrying a. In the original text, it talks about the writer carrying a uh, sword. And the name for the sword given here is very important because the name of the sword that he's given is called a rumba uh, sword is the name. And if you look up uh, what that sword is, that is a sword that is that was primarily only used by one certain set of people. And those sets of people were called the Thracian people. And the Thracian people were a barbarian um, type tribe from um, the, um, the 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 blah, blah, blah river the i'm trying to think of it the d dan river um uh that that they were hired by rome when when the barbarian tribes were in rome they were hired um as to be like assassins killers uh for rome and so um you when it says i saw this thing is i believe that at this seal is when you, the um, Antichrist is going to reveal himself and be more obvious because it is from the Thracian line that they, if you follow the line, which I talk about in the book that I wrote, uh, The Seed War, I follow the line of the Antichrist all the way from from Dan, uh, where he was prophesied that he would be a serpent in the path that would bite the heel, which heel means Jacob or Israel, uh, and bring judgment and Dan intermixed with um, the giant uh, tribes, the pagan um, giant tribes, and ended up him and Ephraim leading the ten tribes of Israel into rebellion against God. He ended up intermixing with also the people from the city of Tyre that God speaks about in Ezekiel. And he tells the city of Tyre, this great uh, city that was in the water, it was also an island city, and it was great, and it was rich, and it was empowered, and they called themselves demigods, and gods there, and God is chewing them out and saying, you call yourself a god, but you're no god. Then he begins, he's talking to Hiram, the king of Tyre, and he says, I'm going to drown your great sea under the water, and people are going to search for it forever, but never be able to find it again. And, uh, hey, Nathan. And, um, and so he says, I'm going to search for this and I'm going to, uh, you know, and I'm going to find this great, uh, I'm going to drown this great city under the water. I personally believe that this could be where the legend of Atlantis came from because this was a great demigod city. It was supposed to be highly advanced, very, very rich. And, um, but it was, uh, Hiram that's mother was from the tribe of Dan and his father was from Tyre. Um, and Hiram was, and all the, 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 the tribe of Dan, all the way from the very beginning of Exodus, Deuteronomy, uh, every time it mentions someone like um, Ohalaba uh, and people like that, that it'll say was from the tribe of Dan, it will call them master builders or master craftsmen or master masons. So the tribe of Dan was known for being master builders, master craftsmen. The people from Tyre were known as being also master craftsmen. Uh, they, these were the Phoenician people. Uh, they were known for being seafaring people, uh, 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 sellers of purple, uh, because of the purple uh, Muroc shells that were right there where the city was, and they were traders. Uh, well, so when um, they actually, they were known for helping Solomon build the temple uh, uh, because he hired them as master masons and builders. 
You will also find that same man, Hiram, that is a very, very, um, the foundation and basis of what the Masonic lore is about is Hiram from Tyre, the great builder. Uh, God also talks about the city of Tyre and he begins to chew out Lucifer and say, you, you know, you mighty guardian that was once in the Eden, you thought you were so beautiful and you were so great. And God tells him, I'm going to cause the fire that's within you to burn out of you and, and burn you to ashes so that all the kings of the world will have to see it. Uh, this is where you get the story of the phoenix because um, in mythology they will tell you that the king of Tyre had a son named Phoenix and he also had a daughter named Europa. And so uh, this is where you get the story of the phoenix out of the ashes I'll rise. It's Lucifer saying I'm coming back. You know, you're not keeping me down. I will come back and, and, and rise again and build that great city like he did with Nimrod and Babylon and like he did with the great city of Tyre um, and all that. And so the Thracian people were, um, uh, they came from the seafaring people, the Phoenician people, which was from the tribe of Dan. These were the, also called the Norsemen or the Northmen. Uh, what we would have known as the Vikings um, from them. And so these Thracian people were one of the groups of the barbarian Viking type tribes. And so um, I've traced the bloodline of the Antichrist all the way back from Dan because throughout the Bible, God repeatedly refers to Dan as the people of the north, the northmen, uh, the judge. Uh, the word for tribulation is Odin, which means Dan one or the time of Dan. And so um, I believe because he's carrying that sword, it is a sword that the Thracians use, that this will be a time that he will make himself known. But this will also uh, be a time where it is just death is on the earth. And, and it says right here for random reasons, it won't be just because of one, one plague, one sickness that's causing death. Death will just, the spirit of death will be present upon the earth. And I say that to say this, I was speaking to someone, we've had well, actually five now deaths in our family we've had um, in the last month. And then my first cousin, his mother passed away last night, uh, uh, Philip's son. Uh, uh, and so um, if you're watching and you're listening, he's only 13, 14 years old. So uh, y'all be in prayer for him because he, he, he's. this is going to be very tough on him and he needs the peace of god but i was talking to someone in my family the other night and they said can i ask you a question they said do you feel like something weird is going on and i said what do you mean and they said not just with the crown they said but it's different stuff it's everywhere because you know a lot of ours most of ours didn't have anything to do with that uh they said do you feel like it's almost like death has entered the earth and I laughed because they didn't know anything about, you know, what I've been teaching. They haven't even watched anything about this. Yeah. And I laughed and I said, well, these plagues, these, these seals that are supposed to be opened, one doesn't stop because another one opens. They continue and then another one opens and it adds to it, you right. know. And so I said, well, we've got right now ports that that have that have you know are now backed up and harbors backed up and i was like so it seems like a crown with a toxin came down 
I said, and then after that, it seemed like a bunch of people were fighting everywhere. A peace was taken from the earth. And I said, then it, now we're looking at, uh, you know, ports and harbors being backed up and it's causing shortages. And they say it's just going to keep getting worse. And I was like, so the next thing to come down is supposed to be death. And with death, it don't say that the death is coming just from one sickness. It's saying from everything. It's saying the death is coming from everything that 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 is coming from animals. It is going to be coming. I mean, like at, when the spirit of death comes upon the earth, people are just going to be dying. Like random people are just going. There's well, by the time it ends. And we don't know how long each seal lasts, but I know that they run into each other and they continue to get worse. But depending upon how long it lasts, I don't, uh, but it it kills a quarter of the earth population. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of death. That's a lot. Uh, And I I feel like, um, you know, I feel like I'm personally in in my small circle am seeing that uh, take place. And so he says, you know, death and the companion was a grave and they were given authority over one quarter of the earth to kill with the sword. That's the rumba and famine. And uh, that word is port harbor and with diseases and with wild animals. And so uh, then it says when the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar souls who had been martyred for the word of God and who had been faithful for their testimony's sake. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge those who belong to this world and avenge our blood that's been done to us? So we see that death has come. And so it has to be more than just sicknesses and and just uh, famines and things like that. Apparently, there's going to be some um, actual killing going on. Um, And we've seen that already begun in Afghanistan to the Christians. Um, We've already seen that the spirit of death already take over uh, and begin martyring Christians. Uh, is it going to reach America? I don't know. Um, but I know that it is already taking place. Um, and so then it says that a white robe was given to each of them. That word for white robe is not what you think. Um, the word white there means shining or light or, or like a light. Um, and then the word robe there means that they were given back their position that they had lost of a um that their rightful position they were born into and jewish uh history and a lot of um uh verses in the bible when it talks about white robes it it means uh glittery and white and jewish history teaches that adam and eve when they were created originally in their bodies before sin hit that they were glittery that they were um illuminescent that their body had a a glow to it uh and we know that that's biblical because when moses went on the mountain and spent time with god he came back with his face lit up like a light and glowing and he had to cover it with a veil and so um that was what our bodies were meant to be our bodies were meant to be illuminescent um and bright and there was and uh glowing and we lost that and so he's saying, I'm going to return to you back what you lost in the garden was given to each of them. And so then it says, and then I watched as the lamb broke up in the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became as dark as black cloth and the moon became as red as blood and the stars fell to the earth like green fig leaves falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky rode up like a scroll and all the mountains and the islands were moved from their places um 
And so then it says that the kings of the earth, the rulers, and all of them said, Hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who will be able to survive it? And so this is the exact same wording that you will find in Matthew 24. This is the exact same wording that you will find in Thessalonians. This is the exact same wording that you'll find in Joel and other places when it talks about the Lord's wrath. Um, la, 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 what did it say? No, you're too far. Keep going up. There we go. It says, um, this is talking about after the um, uh, look for what Daniel the prophet spoke about and the Antichrist false messiahs are going to come up um and it says look if you see anybody come up and and they're false messiahs and and that they're going to try to deceive uh, people even impossible to even the elect um it says god's chosen ones even possible the church and the jews is saying hey if they're going to be able to deceive even god's chosen ones if they can and um one of the things that I've, I've heard people try to argue this and say that Matthew isn't talking to the church, it's talking to the Jewish people. But that's not true. Because in the book of Matthew, it's one of the only gospels where God directly addresses the church. And he says, um, talking to Peter, upon this rock, I will build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Another reason that they can't use that to say that they're not talking to the church is because all the scriptures where it says one will be taken, the other one will be left, one will be in the field. Um, all those scriptures that they use to talk about the catching away or the harpazio uh, or in Latin, the rapture, all those scriptures that they're used are in this exact chapter where he's saying to them, you know, pray that your flight is not in winter on the Sabbath. Uh, and then he's saying, you know, one will be taken, the other one will be left um, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Every time it talks about the scriptures of one will be taken, the other will be left, no one knows the day or the hour uh, of the Lord's return, which is the second coming right. of Jesus. And so it says, you know, the day of the Lord's wrath is he is going to, it's not a day, it's a time period of his wrath. Is the time of the wrath of God that he pours out. Um, but every time it talks about it, it says that he will gather his chosen ones right before the sun is darkened, the moon gives no light, and the stars fall from the sky. Um, it says, um, and he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Um, and then he's talking about Israel. And I learned this lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, that was in May 1948, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things, you will know that his return is very near. It's right at the door. I tell you this truth, this generation will not pass away from the scenes until these things take place. And so he's talking about the fig tree generation, which is those born in 1948. Uh, for no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. What things will happen? The great and terrible day of the Lord and the catching away of the saints. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. What happened in the days of Noah? Uh, giants roamed the land. Produce, DNA manipulation. Produce was huge because of uh, selective breeding then as well. Genetic modification was, in fact, prevalent, if not more, just a hair more prevalent than it is now. And we're getting to that stage. 
Yeah, the main thing in Genesis 6, a lot of people don't realize, is the whole reason for the flood was due to genetic manipulation. Um, they had came in, and Je- the book of Jude and the book of Second Peter um, talks about it, and it says they came and did what should have never been done, and they messed with the DNA of mankind, causing Nephilim to be on the earth, what uh, Greek and Roman mythology would have called the giants or the the, um, the demigods. Yeah. Um, they, and it says in Genesis 6, these are the famous ones of renown. And, you know, I know years ago people would say, oh, these were just people from the son of Seth, you know, um, mixing with the daughters of Cain. Well, you know, a... Two, a, two normal... Two normal people don't create... Um, giant nephilims the famous um demigods they don't, they don't create uh, perceivable gods by human standards and these and these um genetic mutations are still seen today just on a way lesser scale um and you know it's one of the things that i talk about in my book and when i'm following the bloodline of the antichrist is that they're found in in mainly european people uh the europeans carry gene mutations still in their bodies uh, to this day that um, you know they they checked all the skeletons and skeletor things that they found from people back from 6,000 years ago um, which was 6,000 years ago when God uh, created Adam and everybody on earth was when they tested them was of a brown shade with brown hair black hair and brown eyes because we were made from clay so we were all clay colored but then it shows around 5,000 years ago, which Methuselah was around uh, 1,000 years old when he died. And when Methuselah died is when God allowed the flood to come. So we're looking at, you know, Adam was six, was created 6,000 years ago. 1,000 years after that, the flood happened. Okay, around 1,000 years after that. So you're looking around the 5,000-year mark um, is when the flood occurred. And science will tell you, that they then all of a sudden around 5,000 years ago found the bones of red-headed, blue-eyed, giant bones uh, with with gene mutations that had occurred. Um, and so we see that these gene mutations um, happened at the exact same time that God said it happened. And science, by the way, will tell you when looking at the Grand Canyon and different places like that, that there was a global flood that happened around 5,000 years ago. Around the same time, period that you will that they found these random mutated people that were different than any people that had been here before and so you know in european people you find many 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 uh gene mutations uh you find the rh negative factor in the blood uh you find um third nipples you find uh six fingers and six toes mainly now you may say well there's some people of other genetics that have those things they will have european blood in them that they would have mixed with European people. Um, uh, hermaphroditism is mainly uh, found in uh, European people. Extravertebrae is mainly found in European people. Uh, there's a lot. I could keep going. There's a lot. Uh, web toes, mainly found in European people. Uh, there's a condition me and my mother discussed and found out last night that my grandfather on her side had, and he had one gray eye and one blue eye. And she looked it up out of the blue last night, curious about it. And it's called, and Mother said, what is chimerism? And I said, like a chimera? And I was like, I was like, they were, you know, that comes from a mythological Greek word, which where it was a... Chimera. Yeah. Well, uh, she said, 
Chimerism. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Kind yeah, of mother don't follow uh, mythology mm-hmm. and um, and study all the DNA stuff. And so she said, "What is this?" And I said. I said, oh, my gosh, Mother, I said, that's from, you know, having different genes, uh, like a mixed, your mix, your, gen, your DNA is mutated. It's not one, you know, genetic strand or whatever. And so we got to looking at that and found out, of course, again, that that's mainly found in European people as well. Um, and it's a form of where they they have, you know, mixed genes um, and gene mutations. It, so uh, we see that the Bible, the Bible lines up. And so what happened? God, it says the word, uh, when it talks about Noah, Noah was a perfect man in his day. Uh, that means completely whole, genetically pure, and righteous. Uh, it means that he kept his uh, gene pool clean. And so God was trying to save mankind because if Noah and his family had not have stayed pure, humans, as we know them, would no longer exist. Yeah. You know, actually, in the past, uh, I think an article I read was uh, 60 to 80 years. Uh, they said that within the past 60 years, there's been an increase in chimerism where multiple people will get, like, DNA uh, to see whose kids is whose and whatnot, and it would come up different, yet they had to test the person, and they would test, and it would be dip one person, I was reading about that test last another time. one, and it would, it would be the same person, but a different result, and they would, would come up with three different sequences for one human being because of something that happened down their line that got transferred onto them, or a medical procedure, uh, if they ever had bone any marrow transplant. bone marrow transplants and stuff like that. Of course, like, they just discovered that, and yeah. I, I just want to say, I just talked about it in my book before it came out, and everybody knew about it, that that your bone marrow carries it. But they were, um, yeah, we were reading about it, too. Like this one man, his kid, they said was not his kid. Mm -hmm. But DNA will tell you if it's like a close kin, like a brother. Like if, okay, like if Gage had a kid, and and you did a DNA swab to match that child, it would say that that child came from your brother. Mm-hmm. close kin like your brother well this guy's actual real child they did the dna test and it showed up that it was his brother's kid but he didn't have a brother oh, so then they yeah so then they went back and they looked and found out that his mother must have had carried twins and at some point in the womb he ingested he ingested his twins dna and that but the twin when you took his dna from his hands or different uh, stuff. It was his DNA, but the twins' DNA just entered into his reproductive system. Oh wow! So technically, the baby was his dad brother's that never lived. It's so creepy. That's weird. Yeah, it was really weird. And so they were talking about this one lady. She was had took on the uh, the more melanin type of her DNA and had darker skin, but she had a big patch on her belly that was real, real light pale skin. And um, they found out that her mother had had a child, uh, that a twin, I guess, that she had in somehow this, all the, the other child's DNA got into her, mm. but only in her belly. Mm. And so the DNA in her belly was completely different than the DNA anywhere else on her body. Yeah. It was a completely different person's DNA. And see, these 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 aren't normal, Mm-mm. typical in found in nature occurrences, Mm-mm. and they're not they're not isolated. They're becoming more and more. And within the past sixty years, there there there's almost 
uh, I don't remember what the percentage was, but if you can pick one out of the crowd of 20 people and they've more than likely got a chimerism or some form thereof of genetic uh, abnormalities in them. Uh, so, and, and I don't know if that has something to do with past medical things that Some we've all done caused by the, you know, mutations caused from certain things that we've done that we, by the way, guys, we're being heavily censored here, here recently. So you're gonna have to forgive us with, uh, our terminology and, uh, our indirect, um, methods of explanations, um, is there any other cool and interesting DNA things that yeah, you are one aware of? Yeah, one of those, one woman gave birth to a child, and it didn't show up that it, the child was hers um, in her DNA. And she had actually just given birth to the child, and it was showing that the child was not her child genetically because for some reason um, uh, there was, her body had different DNA in different places. Um, and so, you know, it, it, there is there's some weird stuff. I just started looking into that last night because we were talking about my grandfather's eye, and I'd already looked into a lot of these other mutations, you know, with Rh negative, which I talk about, um, you know, and all the other factors. But you know, um, one of the reasons, like Rh negative blood, is only fifteen percent of the entire world has it. Um, but it was actually less than that up until the 60s or 70s when they began to find a shot that they would give um, because, you know, mothers could not give birth well to a child if the child's blood ended up being positive, like A positive, O positive, AB positive, um, because their body would fight that child like it was a foreign invader. And so it wasn't until the 60s and 70s that they came up with the shot that they gave women that were Rh negative that would stop their blood from killing their babies like it was an intruder. And so then the baby would be born and it may have positive blood, but it carried, you know, a, a recessive gene for the negative. And so then, you know, that child could have a negative blooded child so it's made um the rh negative even more prevalent and uh we know now that with crispr non-technology that they are um that they are we know for a fact that they are planning on and messing with people's dna as we speak um they will say that they are not but they most certainly are well actually i mean they're i haven't even heard one person deny the fact that that's how they're inserting it in uh, this procedure you get at CVS, you, they are literally introducing messenger RNA, which messenger RNA is artificially developed DNA. It is a strand of human-created genome introduced to your body, willingly done so, signed papers by you. Here's what they say. They lie. They say that messenger RNA goes and tells your DNA something and then leaves your body immediately and it doesn't change your DNA. Mm -hmm. But if you, that's a lie. but yes, because you can look up on scientific um, magazines or I've told people or scientific uh, paper, scientific studies, but I've told people, you know, even go like you're buying a kit to do um, a messenger RNA, like you're a scientist and read what it says and it'll tell you what it does. And, you know, we'll have to save it for next week, but I have a plethora of, um, like, of information on um, RNA um, and the, what is in this 
inoculation uh, that they're um, that they're doing, and and I believe it will blow some people's mind. Um, some things that I have probably about fifty different um, scientific study documents um, proving um, what's in these things that people do not realize, and how the very thing that is that they're using in these things is spoken of in Revelation. Are you going to speak of that next week, you said? Yeah. Okay, no. You guys have got to tune in next week because when it was uh, mentioned for us, uh, we discovered it, what, Wednesday? Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Tuesday, give or take. I mean, I heard it and my stomach turned, but also a a hint of excitement because of everything that's played out so plainly in front of us, biblically, but we can't or didn't know about it until it's revealed. And that, and that revelation is literally the point of the show. And, and it's just exciting to me. It's exciting to me to, uh, to, to discover something. It that, wigged me out. Something that's so obvious. And, um, yeah, and there and there's, I have so, I have so much proof on this. There was so many that it's, it's well, I can show you, let's see. Should we give like a disclosure? No. These papers right here, I don't know. Can you see those? I don't know where the camera is. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, This is a tenth of the stuff, just a tenth of the stuff that I have on my phone uh, that I printed out. um, That I from medical journals, um, scientific uh, journals. tests that have been ran uh different things like that um that is just you know crazy um that's that's not even near oh and here's more uh even more uh that i have that then that's just a very small amount and then we're going to talk about something real crazy um next week we're going to talk about how a lot of the things that the that has happened through out you know history and a lot of things that are happening now that they there this that there is a shadow uh government there's a a people that do run the world whether people want to believe that or not it is a fact and how they tell us a lot through what we watch through movies through television oh, yeah. uh, like there is a lot that they tell um there's a movie coming out right now probably the most transparent of films that well, I know there's a lot known. of them that are pretty transparent. But the one, the Celestials, is that what it's called? Uh, Eternals. Immortals, Eternals, yeah. Eternals. The Eternals, a Marvel movie is coming out. And Marvel, we're going to talk about Marvel next week and how they have literally, when you read when you read what all of their movies, and the, their show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and when you read all of their movies and, and the whole storyline behind them, it is mind-boggling how they literally start from the Bible um with the uh to, with 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 the satan and the fall of satan to the uh to the tower about to everything and they literally follow it out all the way through world they talk about world war ii they talk about the nazis they talk about nasa they talk about secret societies in america it's crazy they give them a different name which we'll discuss and it has something also to do with the inoculation um and it, it tells their whole plan but this new movie um the immortals, eternals, eternals. eternals. 
uh, well, the immortals go, what I'm talking about next week, but it literally is talking about what well, y'all probably know it more than I do because y'all are into that Marvel stuff. Yeah. What it, what what is when it advertises that? What does it say about them? It's something about it's something about beings from another planet or another. See another that that was my question. Star beings. From, I think they're like yeah, some type of from the, they've been around since the beginning of creation and they're mm-hmm. in that universe. Yeah. Pretty much, they're fallen angels. And they've they've come down to the earth and they've been existing upon uh, you know earth. among the humans for this whole the whole existence of humans yeah. in their world. So I don't know. But exactly. don't they, they have they have watched us grow and develop a love for us and and slowly and helped us out. And don't uh, they don't they try to intermix? Uh, yeah, I think they have. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know. Since but pretty much, trailer. it's the story of Genesis six. Yeah, it's the story of the angels the coming down and intermixing with with mankind. Um, and it and it's some of the names. The um, uh, our friend Braxton was telling me that they're not. Some of the names that they even use for some of them are some of the names of the fallen angels that you'll really? uh, you'll find. Yeah, and the Book Icarus. of Enoch. Icarus is one of them, I know. And Icarus. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and some of the demon and some demon names that they use. Uh, so pretty much, it's like they they're telling their story. I mean, I I'd trip if it, one of them was like Azazel. All right, I got a question, that. y'all. As we're wrapping up, what do you think? Like, what what practically? And we're not prophesying; we're just speculating. What do you think happens next? Like we've got—I've got stories here of Israel preparing to go to war with Iran. I've got shortages, food shortages, and the uh, supply chain crisis. I've got all types of things going on. There's mandates being held up. I got an article saying the majority of the the mandates are being held up in court already. So a lot of people think that you know these governors standing up is going to be. It's going to help, but ultimately they're going to win, and that's going to pass. It's even showing in the courts. What's next? Well, Emmanuel Macron, he had told people that they didn't have to do it, um, and he wasn't going to make anything mandatory. And literally within a month, he he had changed it. It was like, okay, it's now it's mandatory. And that's a French president. Uh, yes. And, um, well, uh, you know, there's articles that says nearly a half a million shipping containers are stuck off the coast of Southern California as ports operate below capacity. I think that you're going to see things get worse and worse economically. I think you're going to find more and more shortages. Things are going to be harder to get. Uh, I think that if you were wise, you would um, plan to uh, do some uh, kind of uh, plant grow uh, lots. And even in the winter, you need to get you something to plant some plant, uh, some of your own plants. Uh, we personally um, have... Um, people in our church that have been getting chickens. I think everybody's been getting chickens. Yeah. We've been talking about getting rabbits, um, things like that. Prepare yourself for what's coming. Don't be uh, foolish. Um, and guys, nothing is worth giving in to a tyrannical government. Uh, a job is not worth losing your freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not worth getting something that you're not sure what it is. Uh, it's definitely not worth getting something that has the word Luciferus in it. And when I tell you next week about more uh, stuff, uh, you'll really be wigged out. But, you know, take away that part. Because, nothing, you know, a job is not worth giving in your rights to your own body and being forced by the government to 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 take something and place in your body that you have that they have not that can have not even had time this is not a vaccine mm. this is something brand new right. where they're using something to mess 
with encode your DNA. This is something brand new. And your DNA, by science, is called your book of life. You do not let someone mess with your book of life. You definitely don't let the government mess with your book of life. Don't don't give in to them and be forced to do anything. The whole idea that they are threatening things with you should tell you something. Um, but so, but but just prepare yourself. Uh, we don't have to have everything in the world um, like that we live and we're so used to in America. But you do need water. Uh, you do need to have some kind of form of food back up. Yeah. Uh, you need to make sure that you've got the, the necessities of the things that you need. One of the biggest motivating uh, factors and or abilities that they're going to use against you is the fear of hunger or maybe even actual hunger. They're going to say, if you don't want to starve, your family, you don't want your family to starve, then this is what you need to do to keep your job. Well, get above that, get get ahead of the threat, and go ahead and start preparing. Because I know a lot of people are like, "Well, I, you know, good. I went to school to do this. I went to school to do that." Listen, guys, if you don't think that this is the end, and you think that this is going to pass, then let it pass, and then and then and then get a job in that field later. Yeah. You know. Um, Look, I hope you're right. It's not going to pass. I don't hope you're right. I want the Lord to come out. Ready to go. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but I mean, honest to God. Uh, don't, but prepare yourself for that. I also, honestly, as I, this don't sound wonderful and great, but I believe that we're going to be seeing more deaths. I believe that's that um, death is coming. Um, I believe it's entering the, the that that's the spirit of death, like it did um, in Egypt. Um, it is hovering, and so, guys, you know, um, death is not always a bad thing if you're a saint. Um, if you're a saint, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and to leave this crazy world that is not our home, um, and be in the presence of God and, um, Abraham's bosom and in paradise. It's not a bad thing, but, um, you know, if, if you're wanting to stay here and you've got children, you know, that you're wanting to be here for whatever, apply the blood to your door. Um, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually, uh, you know, a stay under the relationship and the covenant of God and don't think that just because you say that you're a Christian and you believe in God makes you covered under that because the Bible says that even the demons believe in Jesus and even tremble um, believing in God is not following the covenant of God and to be in covenant with God is a two-way street it's a contract made between two people and you have to hold up your end of that deal and the end of that deal with God is that you are supposed to obey his commands. And one of his commands is to not be lukewarm. Uh, he'll spew you out of his mouth. One of his commands is to fail not to assemble yourselves together. Uh, uh, his commands is to, if you want to be taken care of financially, the Bible says um, that to give in your tithes and offerings. If you rob from God, you will be cursed with a curse. Mm-hmm. But if you give in your tithes and offerings, and God says he will rebuke the devourer against you for his name's sake. Be in covenant with God and make sure that you know for a fact that you are living what the Bible says and not what man has told people is acceptable. And the only way that you can possibly do that is for you to pray and ask God to open your eyes to anything that is offensive to him, any sin you may have in your life that is offensive to God, anything that you've been blinded to by the lies of this world, and you have seared your conscience over, you need to pray and say, God, open my eyes 
if there's anything that offends you in my life, if I'm not doing anything right and, 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 I, and I'm blinded to it, and open my ears to hear the truth. Give me a heart that wants to do right and not a heart that's looking for an excuse to do wrong um, because I don't want to follow my own ways. Because here's the fact, we can lie to ourselves and we can allow people to tell us lies and we can have itching ears that only want to hear certain things. But when it comes to making it in the day and age that we're in right now, when it comes to being one of the remnant that stands strong and that, and that God holds in his hand and takes up with him, you have to do it God's way. And if you're deceiving yourself, that's exactly what you're doing. You're not deceiving God. You're not convincing God that He's that you're right and he's wrong. You're not changing the word of God. You're changing and you're deceiving yourself. And I want to close on this one thing that I was reading today and studying that hit me and my friend Ramey pretty hard is the book of life. When I was studying the original Greek and Revelation, it was talking about he was he will judge each and every one and open up that book uh, of life and begin to judge. I'm trying to find uh, the word that it's got for our words. There it is. Um, he says in this scripture right here, and we'll close with it. Revelation 20 and 12 says, And I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books and according to their works. Well, when you look up um, the word for books of life uh, or book of life that is open, it is Bibulus which means Bible. When I opened the book of life, now we've always talked about the book of life and thought, well, you know, there's a book in there that's got all of our names in it. But the Bible is the book of life. And I'm going to tell you why it's the book of life. Because the Bible in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In him, all things were made and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the word of God. The word made flesh. The word means the Ruach, the spirit of God. And the Bible tells every single thing about Jesus, his ancestors, mm-hmm. his whole lineage. That's what your DNA tells you. Uh, the, the Bible is the DNA of Jesus Christ. It is literally his life book. And our DNA is our book of life. And he says, you know, are you a part of the Lamb's book of life? Do you have the DNA of God? And when we become born again of his spirit, because Jesus says we're not supposed to be born just of water, of repentance. But he says, I want you to be born of water and the spirit. Um, And so when we begin filled with the spirit of God and born of the spirit, then the spirit of God gets into the marrow of our bones, like it did um, Elisha's bones, like it was in Jeremiah's bones. And the bone marrow is where our DNA is made. And so a a regeneration begins to take place. And so it says that the books were opened and they were judged according to what was written in that book. So I want you to think about that for a minute. If the book that's open is the book of life, Hmm. and if you're judged according to what's written in this book, you better know this book. And you better know exactly what it says you're supposed to be doing and exactly what it says you're supposed to be living and what it says because most people don't know what the Bible really says. Yeah, that's true. 
you, you're going to be judged according to what's written in this book, not your opinion, not how good you think you are, but according to what is written in his book. And then it says, and they'll be judged according to their works. What does the word works mean? I'll tell you, it says the work in the sense of their job or their task. It, it is the uh, um, word that meaning to perform a job or a task uh, or to labor for him. So God is going to judge us by what is written in his book and whether we did anything for God. And you, if you're lukewarm, you're living for yourself and you just think you're a good person. But are you being a part of the body of Christ? Are you being an apostle, a prophet, a teacher? An evangelist? Are you working in the gifts of help? Are you giving to other people and helping the church grow? Are you giving in your tithes and your offering? What works are you doing? Because Paul said, you know, I'll show you my faith by my works um, because faith without works is dead. I can say that I'm born again, but if I'm born again, it will be proven by my works. And so God is going to judge us by his word and by our works. And so we can say all day long that by faith we're saved through grace, lest any man should boast. What that means is we could not have saved and been born again if it was not for the blood of Jesus. We were Gentiles and our very nature was awful. And even if we tried to do good, we couldn't. So we ask God to make us born again so we're able to do good works. We're born again to good works. So... Guys, if you d- don't listen to people that are telling you that it don't matter what you do, that Jesus died so that you could do whatever you want to do and get to heaven. Jesus died so you would be able to be holy. Because without his blood, you could have never been holy because he had to change your nature. And so this week, study the word. Pray and ask God to search your heart. And we will be back next week with some very informative information about inoculations. Hey, man, awesome. That was a great show. Uh, Hopefully next week you guys will tune in. Uh, Like, comment, and share this video. Obviously, we know that we get a lot of uh, uh, more, more reactions from negative reactions than we ever, 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 like one out of ten is positive so uh, you know thank you for the positivity in 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 the field of darkness but yeah, we, uh, we get a lot of haters out there uh even was, the haters been we the, even the, blah, 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 excuse me even even the uh, haters provide uh, like and shares so how much more should we get people who actually believe what we're doing is is, is right and truth so yeah i was also going to say this is um we're right at a year i think this week that kelly's book has been out it's the seed war I have it. Um, the link to go get a copy of it is in the description of this video. So just go check it out. Everything that we talk about, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, she was talking about a year ago yeah. in this book, and way way longer than that. But that's when it, the book came out. But anyway, it's been a year now, so go pick a copy of it. All righty, everybody, join us next week.